0: Hello, everyone. I'm Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 218 of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you for being here with me today. We have another hand from the $10,000 Party Poker, Caribbean Poker Party (laughs) final table. It's kind of hard to say that, but hey, here we are. Folds around to me in the small blind, and at this point, I am playing very deep stacked with Sam Greenwood. The other two players who have folded this four-handed final table both are somewhat shallow stacks. So... We typically don't want to get involved when out of position against the other very big stack. This is actually a very good setup for Sam. We have um, one stack with about 40 big blinds and the cutoff, another 40 big blind stack on the button, and now Sam and I both have about 100 big blind stacks, and Sam has position on me. In this scenario, Sam should do quite well at this final table just because chips flow to the left, right? Sam's gonna be winning pots for me which are going to be bigger than the pots he loses to the 40 big blind stacks on his left. So what am I supposed to do in this spot? I'm supposed to be quite cautious in general because I really don't want to get involved in a big pot with Sam. Um, That said, they folded me in the small blind with a 7 offsuit, and I'm definitely going to play this hand. The question is whether or not I should raise or fold. Oh, I'm sorry, raise or call. And from the small blind against good players, Sam is a very good player, I'm definitely going to call with pretty much my whole range because I expect him to raise a decent amount of the time, and I want to make sure that I can defend reasonably if I get raised. If I raise and he three-bets me, like let's say I made it 1.3 million at 200, 400,000, and he makes it 4 million, well, now all of a sudden I'm playing for lots and lots of chips from out of position with a7 offsuit, and I really don't want that. Whereas if I limp and he makes it 1.4 million, I can easily call a million more and see the flop still playing you know, deep enough stacked with my somewhat junky hand. So I limp. He checks 8-6 offsuit. This is a hand you may want to raise sometimes. It's it's okay. You typically want to raise with the worst hands in your range and the best hands in your range. Oops, I just hit the microphone. <laughs> you typically want to raise with the best hands and the worst hands. And 8-6 is kind of on the cusp. If he had something like 8-4 offsuit, he probably should raise it. But 8-6 flops well enough. So flop comes 7-4-4. Four, four. I have top pair. Pot is 1 million. I decide to bet 500,000 for half pot. Here, I don't really care if he folds out random overcards. So I think betting the top pair, top kicker here is very fine. And now, this is a fun spot because Sam with his 8-6 on 7-4-4 has a gut shot. This is where, if I was in his shoes, I would raise. Because since Sam did not raise preflop, he could definitely have a lot of the 4s. And he also has a lot of draws. Whenever you have a lot of nut hands available and a lot of draws available... You typically want to be raising with your best hand and those draws. This is going to put your opponent in a miserable scenario. Now, I could have some 4s as well, given I limped. I mean, I would have most of the reasonable 4s. But I'm not going to have, like, 4-2 offsuit, right? And I probably don't have, like, you know, 10-4 offsuit and 9-4 offsuit. Whereas Sam could have all of those because he just checked preflop. And I don't know his exact preflop strategy. He may raise 9-4 offsuit or he may check it. I don't know. It's hard to say. So he has more forge in his range. That means he has a nut advantage. He has more nut hands in his range than I do. And that's another time where you need to be raising. So this is a spot where I definitely would raise if I was in his shoes. Looking to bet flop, bet turn, and jam river. (laughs) So uh, let's see what he does. I bet 500k. He makes it 1.4 million. 900k more. Notice what's happened already. I had a very good hand on the flop. a 7 on 744 is pretty good. But all of a sudden, it is a bluff catcher. This shows you the power of raising in position. Um, on, especially on boards like this where you have the nut advantage. You can do this with all of your draws and all of your fours, and it's going to put your opponent in a really bad spot. And here I am. I'm in a really bad spot. I have a bluff catcher with top pair. Notice the board is also going to get worse for me a lot of the time. Like overcards are going to come, straight cards are going to come, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you may ask, can you only raise the gut shots? What if he had um, you know, queen, jack of spades for overcards with a backdoor flush draw? Could he raise that? He can call or raise it. Um, you have to be careful you don't have too many bluffs, but it really is hard to have too many bluffs when you have all the offsuit fours in your range here. So he could raise overcards with backdoor draws. He could raise gut shots. gutshots. Um, probably doesn't want to raise stuff like king to offsuit because that doesn't really have a ton of equity. You want to raise stuff that has equity and potential so that you can continue barreling it on the future streets. So turns a queen. That may look like a blank, but if he's raising you know, queen 10 of spades or queen 10 of hearts for backdoor flush draw and overcards... He just got there, and now he has a hand he can very easily value bet. Um, You may ask, if I only have a 7, right, and I am always just calling with my 7s, doesn't that mean he can just bet turn and jam river and then I have to call off sometimes? That would be true. And, you know, you do need to call off sometimes, especially when the board runs out clean. Like, say the river's a 2, well, buckle up, we're calling. Um, But it's very important that you do not re-raise with your 4s in this situation, unless you're also going to re-raise with some of your draws. Because otherwise, your range is capped at this random, at a seven, and you don't really want to be capped at a seven. So you have to make sure you slow play some fours in this scenario sometimes so that you can very easily call turn and call river. Just make sure you don't call the flop raise often and then call the turn bet a lot and then fold to the river every time because then you're just really, really exploitable. Okay, so turn to queen of hearts, putting up a backdoor flush draw. I check clearly. And I mean, if I was in his shoes, I'd bet again. Um, also, notice the stacks, like I said, are quite deep. So he wants to make sure he applies a lot of pressure to me. So I would probably go for a big size if I was him. Pot's 3.8 million. Let's see what he does. He does 2.4 million. So about, two, uh, about, about uh, two-thirds about pot. I probably would have gone even a hair bigger. I call. Um, through the magic of editing, that looked like that happened in like one second, but I promise I thought for more than one second. <laughs> All right, River's a jack of hearts. So now, board is 7, 4, 4, queen, jack, 3 hearts. Backdoor hearts comes in. This is not what I want. Because now, if he had random queen high and was bluffing, he got there. If he has random jack high and was bluffing, he got there. If he has backdoor hearts, he got there. It's not what you want to have happen. You want the board to come off with at least one blank. Like like I said, say the River's just a non-heart. This is, this is still probably a fold, but say it was a low heart, like a 2 of hearts or a 9 of hearts or something like that. Or I'm sorry, two, a 2 offsuit or a 9 offsuit or a 10 offsuit. Those become way better cards to call than specifically the higher cards like this. Um, that said, if you look at the board, there really are not a lot of very safe cards because say a 5 comes, well, he could have 8-6 six, or 6-3. Six, say a 6 comes, he could have the other gut shots. So there are a lot of bad cards. So I need to make sure I'm calling some portion of the time. Also notice I don't have very many queens and jacks unless I have exactly queen 7 or jack 7. And if I did have queen 7 or jack 7, I'm just calling the river every time. Even though I understand we lose to aces and whatnot, but he doesn't really have aces very often. So I'm going to check river. And if I was in his shoes, I think you need to keep bluffing. I mean, I don't know why you would not bluff at this point. He's probably a little bit unbalanced if he's bluffing all of the busted draws. By the time you get to the river, notice the pot's 8.6 million. If you bet about the size of the pot, you need to have one-third draws in your range if you are perfectly polarized. And here he bets uh, 6.6 million, so he needs to have closer to um, maybe twenty, maybe maybe 27% bluff, something like that. Don't quote me on that. Do the math if you want. Um, he needs to have about 27% bluffs in his range. And if he's betting every busted gut shot, notice they all missed, and the open-ended missed. If he's bluffing all of those, he's bluffing way too much, and in that case, I need to call with every bluff catcher. So, this is clearly a bluff catcher. If I had a heart in my hand, 7 of hearts or ace of hearts, either one, this becomes a much better calling hand than ace 7 with no hearts. Because if the, whenever I have the ace of hearts in my hand, for example, that makes it way less likely that he has ace 9 of hearts. Well, he can't have ace 9 of hearts that um, would have raised the flop and then bet the turn as a bluff and then bet the river as a bluff. If I, uh, same thing goes for seven of hearts. But really, the, the ace and the seven are kind of odd cards to have with a heart because he probably isn't raising the flop with ace high with a, fl- a backdoor flush draw because that's just often good. And if he had a seven, he's probably also not raising the flop, although he may raise the flop sometimes with, um you know, eight, seven of hearts. I, I don't think that would be insane. But he'd probably just call. It's tough to know what the opponent's doing because the opponent's very good. We can make assumptions, but you never know, especially since I'm very confident that Sam Greenwood plays better than I do and he knows poker better than I do. So anyway, on the river, here we are. We have this bluff catcher. Should we call or should we fold? It is worth mentioning that at this final table, so far, I have called two river bets from two different opponents, one from Sam Greenwood already. He showed me a very thin value bet, which I really didn't want to see. Whenever you're bluff catching, you do not want to see thin value bets. Like, let's say he's betting in this spot with a jack, like, say, a jack 10 of hearts or jack 10 of clubs decided to raise flop bluffing it on the turn and then got a jack on the river if he's value betting a jack which i think he would that makes folding way more a, a way better play because he has way more value bets in his range now but if he's only value betting with let's say a queen or better then at that point i can start hero calling as your opponent's range contains more marginal made hands that you lose to like a jack in this scenario you should be way more inclined to fold your bluff catchers. But if your opponent's only value betting the nuts or nothing, you should be way more inclined to call. So, like right here, if you tell me Sam's only betting a four or a busted gut shot or open-ended straight draw, and that's it, we have a very easy call. Because there are a whole lot of combinations of eight six, eight five, six five, six three, and five three. All of them, right? There's a whole lot of those available. Clearly the backdoor hearts got there, but that's fine. Um, so if he's only betting with a four or better and busted to gutshots have a really easy call, as he starts betting with more queens, it makes his range more value heavy, makes me more inclined to fold. And if he's value betting with a jack, it makes me way more inclined to fold. So I think he's going to be value betting jacks here because I think he's good like that. So that makes me in a very that puts me in a very dicey spot with a seven. Anyway, what should I do? It's close. It's close. When it's close in tournaments, often you want to conserve chips. Um, that said, this is an interesting scenario because if I call, I'm going to get down to roughly the, if I call and lose, I'm going to be down to roughly the other medium stack sizes, which I really don't want because that's going to let Sam run this over. If I fold, I'm still going to have this sort of medium stack that forces me to be tight, but I still have a lot of chips. And if I call and win, now all of a sudden I am chip leader and maybe I can run the show, and that would give me a really good shot to play way more aggressively than normal and pick up lots and lots of small pots. So cool spot. I don't know what the right play is. Someone tell me in the chat, or in the, in the comments section. <laughs> or on Twitter, if you see this on Twitter, by the way. Um, feel free to send me questions. I, I answer every question that comes down in through Twitter. So do that. You can follow me at Jonathan Little. Anyway, what do we do here? I ended up folding. A lot of people think in this spot, well, I've seen Sam value bet thin multiple times. Therefore, I should fold. Or they may think I've called wrong twice so far. Maybe I should fold this time because no one's ever bluffing me because I know I call every time. That is a dynamic I kind of run into against some of these players where they know I'm a bit of a calling station, so that should make me more inclined to fold. That said, Sam's just like a really good, strong GTO player, and if he has a bluff, he's going to bluff. And this is a, such an obvious bluff um, that he must bluff here. Anyway, he bluffs. We get him to show it for the, for the fun of the game because, you know, whenever your opponent's bluffing, you really want him to show it. He showed it. And, um, you know, it's good to know. It's good to know the opponents are capable of bluffing because otherwise you don't really learn anything, right? I want to make sure that he's not just only value betting with the nuts there because then we can start making way bigger folds. But whenever we see the opponent is capable of bluffing, that allows you to uh, call regularly, right? So that's going to be it for this hand. Um, Also, whenever someone shows you the bluff, don't get offended. Don't get angry. Don't beat yourself up for making the, you know, quote-unquote wrong play. That happens, right? And it's not like he showed me an absurd bluff. He needed to bluff that hand, and if he did not bluff that hand, he would just straight up not be a good player. So uh, don't let that tilt you. Just be happy that you have some information. I mean, that said, the information we gained there is not that valuable because I know he's bluffing h6 there. Um, the only time I would really be unhappy is if I called there and he showed a jack because then he's value betting pretty thin and I kind of got owned. I would also be unhappy if he showed up with like just some random stone bluff, like king to offsuit. (laughs) That would have been a rough one because then he's bluffing a lot and is taking advantage of the fact that he thinks I'm going to fold too often. But like I said, no one thinks I fold too often. (laughs) So that's me for this hand. Thank you very much for being here. If you have any questions again, let me know. Good luck in your games, and I will talk to you next week.